This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is black and white. Here are your hosts, Daniel Spence and Brandon Bourgeois. everybody, it's uh, Brandon coming to you live with another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. This week we have a really special guest coming to us on the podcast. His name is Craig McKay. Now Craig is a really excellent official who refereed mid at AAA and uh, was a linesman for University and CIS Hockey here in Canada. Um, he's originally from uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick, out in the Maritimes. And he uh, recently moved out to Ottawa about 10 years ago. And uh, since moving over to Ottawa, has really uh, taken on a mentorship role um, with one of the local Ottawa districts. Um, he's really done a really terrific job and is well known in the Ottawa referee community for building a great mentorship program. And so I thought this would be a great guest to interview for those that run your own uh, districts and are looking to mentor young officials and really help them move up. So without further ado, we welcome to the podcast Craig McKay. Craig, thanks for coming on to our podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Big fan. Big fan of the show. Big fan. We haven't been on for, for more than two episodes, but obviously yeah. you've been following those two episodes like Caught a hot. some of the content, yeah. It's looking yeah. pretty good. So anyways, we're sitting in uh, Craig's lovely living room here in Ottawa, and we are going to, well, I guess we're having a beer right now. I don't know yeah. if we can say that for the podcast, yeah. but. Having a cold homebrew. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one thing that's definitely made this uh, trip a little nice, uh, a little nicer than than your previous podcast. But, anyways, I'm really glad to have Craig on uh, on the show today. He's been a really great friend to me personally, my time in Ottawa, and he's a great referee, and he's really involved in the, the referee community here. And uh, the big thing for Craig is he's really uh, involved in the mentorship aspect of uh, you know helping out uh, young officials develop. So that's kind of hopefully a big uh, you know topic we're going to talk about today. But uh, Craig, I would just love maybe if you can kind of give the listeners maybe a background on you yourself and kind of you know your origins and refereeing and how you got started. Yeah, sure. No, it. Uh, I started when I was eleven, living in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick at the time, and uh, it just seemed like a great way to get some extra ice time and get out on the skates and a way to make. I think we were earning six dollars for a novice game at that time, so it would have been nineteen ninety one, and. Uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there, and I started to like it, and I was I, I was having so much fun refing that I actually like stopped playing hockey after two years because I was having more fun refing, and hockey was getting in the way. So I did that for a number of years up through minor hockey, and then I uh, got a chance to do some competitive stuff and got into like junior and CIS in um, in New Brunswick and uh, in the AUS, I guess it was then at the time, and I uh, worked a little bit of junior, some great. There was a really good senior A league out there which was uh, very entertaining and we had our fair share of uh, of gong shows and police <laughs> escorts out of towns and different things but uh, that was a lot of fun and we had a great bunch of guys and uh, like I worked with a uh, we were a small group of guys that worked all the competitive hockey and they're you know the best friends to this day like my wedding party was exclusively uh, refing buddies so these guys are <laughs> lifelong friends and uh, yeah it's been great and then I moved up here to Ottawa and worked a little bit of junior here and then I got I got you know into working for a living and uh, you know it was got a real job got a real job <laughs> and uh, this the show was certainly not in my cards but I, I, I you know I'm in IT and I got a, a job doing that 
and uh, the late nights and travel on the junior circuit were getting a little tough. And uh, like I said, oh, I'm going to work some local hockey, just some midget and, and juvenile stuff, some house league and a little bit of rep B competitive, just enough to keep skating. And uh, yeah, it's been great. And then I got into uh, got into trying to give back. It was time after all those years, after 20 some years of, of getting a lot out of officiating, it was time to give some time back. And, uh, and I got an opportunity to help out with the mentorship and recruitment here in one of the Ottawa districts. And uh, yeah, yeah kind of went from there. Jeez, like you're talking about those old senior, like as soon as you say senior A or whatever, like I can picture those games too. Like I've done a few in some pretty rough rinks there and like they don't, uh, it's not quite as the same as it used to be, I don't think, but geez, yeah. like I hear some of the stories that you guys tell about those days and it seems yeah. like it was something, something special. I yeah. guess you don't see that anymore, huh? We could fill another whole podcast with stories from, from the New Brunswick Senior Leagues. <laughs> But anyways, no, like uh, like I said, Craig's been a really great personal friend to me and, uh, you know, being somebody from New Brunswick as well, uh, well, you know, I guess raised a good deal of his life in New Brunswick. It's been a nice connection to have and certainly he's helped me out and kind of progressing through the levels. But yeah, like Craig was saying, you know, he's had a really great career. Like, he, you know, he's mentioned to me before that it was capped off by a, a uh, Air Canada Cup, which I guess is called the Telus Cup now, yeah, right. an appearance yeah. there. Yeah. With, uh, with the young Sidney Crosby. That yeah. was a uh, career highlight right there. That was the top. <laughs> and, you know, they say to this day that Craig might have, you know, gave him the advantage and the, really the, the push that got him to the NHL. A couple good, you know, face offs that helped him out. Oh, and, there you go. So, you know, you could very well be looking at a big reason why Sidney oh, Crosby yeah. is who he is today. <laughs> but, uh, no, anyways, uh, no, like, like we were saying, like a big part of, you know, of what you do now is helping out new guys. Like, certainly you've been a help to me. And mentorship has been a big kind of, you know, big thing in the community that you've been involved in. Like, what got you, to, what, what made you want to get into the mentorship side of things? Um, just to get a chance to, to work with the kids. Like, like I say, I've gotten so much out of it. And uh, it's such a great activity for young people to be into. You know, when, like, I go into job interviews still, you know, in the IT world and use examples when they talk about, oh, when's the time you had to deal with conflict or whatever. Like, I use examples of being in, like, a New Brunswick senior hockey rank and 5,000 people trying to kill me. <laughs> right? Like, you deal, you learn a ton of life skills, and it's really phenomenal for these, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids to go out there. They learn so much decision-making, and you gain so much confidence. And, yeah. you know, it's such a great teamwork sp- sport, you know, to be on the, you know, the team that nobody likes. You know, you band together. Yeah. And, uh you know, they just learn to back each other up, and I, like I've gotten a ton out of it. It's been a great part of my life, and I hope to, I hope to, you know, do it for a long time yet. So that was kind of it. Like, how can we get more, more kids doing it, and how can we get more kids to stick around longer? Like, I see it as a goal, you know, to have, to have kids do it for their for their lives. You know, so yeah. if we can get them by those first few years, then they'll usually really get hooked because it, it can be addictive and a lot of fun. So like if we can get yeah. them through those tough first years with a really good program and lots of support, then they'll do it forever, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get to work with guys that, that make it to the pros, like, like the guy I'm talking to right now. Right. <laughs> so that's phenomenal and like totally awesome. And it, but it's just as great when someone decides they're going to, they're just going to end up doing it for their life. They may not get to anywhere higher than Bantam AAA or whatever, or maybe they're going to be reffing men's league till they're 60, you know, and that's great. So, yeah. so just any opportunity to be able to help them out. So that's kind of why I was interested. Yeah. And like, I think what you were just mentioning about how, you know, it's a getting past those first couple of years because yeah. every guy that I, well, there's a reason why they're still in the ball, but so many guys that I know that have been doing it for a few years, they just, they just get hooked. Like you're saying, they love it. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of, you know, it's become part of a lifestyle. You're saying that you still talk to the guys that went to, you know, that, uh, that you've kind of grown up reffing. They went to your wedding and everything. Yeah. 
And I feel the same way that some of my best buddies now are referees. But the big thing you're talking about is like that big hump you kind of have to get over where it's those first couple of years where you need to make sure they kind of stick around. And I mean, we hear about that all the time, but how many referees just quit because of, you know, whatever reason, like what's the, what, what do you see the big, you know, challenge to combat there is like, is it just the abuse from the coaches, the players, the pressure? What, what do you think is the big kind of, I think that is, that is a big issue. Like people, you know, you're only making, well, it was $6 when I started, but kids are making, you know, 19 or 20 bucks now to go out and referee a, you know, a novice or an Adam game. And, you know, that's better money hourly than working at McDonald's, but not by a ton. So, you know, you're not going to get yelled at at McDonald's. You're not going to get people swearing at <laughs> McDonald's. Like, so if, if you end up kind of in that area where you start to get frustrated with the with the abuse and not saying that the abuse is the only reason people quit and i don't know hockey would have canada would have better stats on on how many kids stick around yeah. and, and maybe like knowing why they're leaving but in in general like if we can if we can get them over that hump and and get them to the point where they give just give them the tools to be able to deal with that abuse on that side of things yeah. then you know hopefully they'll stick around it and get to the point where they find it fun yeah. you know for the first you know, every kid is different and sometimes they might find it fun after two or three weeks and be like, oh my God, this is a blast. Yeah. But sometimes it might take them a year or two to kind of get over that, yeah. you know, get the confidence to be like, wow, I'm really looking forward to going on the ice today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I say, there's lots of reasons I think why they, why they quit and why they stay, but we're just trying to give them the most tools that we can yeah. to uh, make them want to stick around. And I think a big reason why I think it's, it's really special to get a chance to interview you is because... And I know you've told me this in the past, but, you know, our district here in Ottawa has some Dutch such as, is, you know, having to turn kids away, basically, from, yeah. from refereeing, which yeah. is pretty amazing, which you think. I mean, I know back home, sometimes there's some issues with, with recruiting officials, yeah. you know, finding young guys that are, you know, that want to, you know, referee. But here, it's, I mean, you guys have done something pretty special where, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had upwards of 70 kids apply this year, and you had to turn away the vast majority of them because you only had so many spots. I mean... That's pretty yeah. remarkable, I think, for refereeing. And like, what's the secret behind that? Well, I, I don't know. It, it um, it's certainly not any credit to what the program that I ran because when I showed up, we were getting you know seventy to one hundred applicants, and we can only take sixteen of them. So I don't know if it's just the purely the the, the volume of people up here or what. But um, there probably is some credit to a lot of the mentorship programs that are being done that parents are more comfortable encouraging their kids to do it. You know, and uh, and the kids are seeing hopefully a rink these days that is not as abusive and not as, you know, uh, they're interested, you know, they want to do it. So, so hopefully kind of what, what they're seeing is, is, uh, you know, making them want to sign up and and go for escape. But yeah, we get, we get a ton of kids and, and, and I think one of the biggest first thing is getting the right kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we have like, we have a huge number of applicants and, and when it's like that, you have to run them through a bit of a process and we do like sort of three equal parts when we when we assess them so we'll have like a skating part obviously you got to be able to skate to some degree we yeah. don't need everybody to skate like Sidney Crosby but we need people to be able to skate yeah. and then we need people to have an understanding of the rules um, so we have a little quiz that we have to do it's like a simple 15 question rules quiz with a few tricky ones thrown in and yeah. it's open book and we say hey like go here's the here's the link to the hockey Canada rule book online like here's 15 questions like see what you get and if they're willing to put in that effort 
to figure out the answers to those questions, even though they, you know, some of them they'll just know, but you know, probably about half of them they got to look up. Yeah. If they're willing to put that effort in, then that's great. The kids who get, you know, a couple questions wrong on the quiz means, well, maybe you're not as into this as you, you right. thought you were, right? Yeah. And then we have sort of a written, almost exam. It's kind of situational. Like, tell us about a time where you had to deal with conflict. Tell us about a time where you had to make a quick decision or you had to use teamwork or whatever, because those are all such big parts of what we do on the ice. And I, I mean, all the, these kids are, are 13, 14 years old. So sometimes they're talking about conflict, breaking up a fight between their brother and sister. And, you know, that's yep. fine. Oh, yeah. But it's a matter of them going through a process. And, uh, you know, we grade all of those separately. We have a whole bunch of people evaluating the skating and then other people evaluating the written, you know, answers. And then the quiz mark kind of marks themselves. It's automated. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we take, we evenly weight all of that. So just because you're the best skater doesn't mean we're going to take you if you blow all the rest of the stuff, right. you know, and just because you're the best on the written, well, if you can't skate at all, that's not going to work either. So we try to take the best rounded uh, group out of that yeah. and accept them and try to make sure we take the right number. Because if you take, you know, if you go and take 30 kids, like there's only so much hockey. So mm-hmm. they, they re- we really felt that they need to work about 40 games a year, okay. you know, and if they're, if they're not going to be, if you take 30 guys then it's really hard to get everybody 40 games. So the sweet spot for us with the amount of hockey that we have, and this will be different for every district, Mm -hmm. but the sweet spot for us was right around that 16, 14 to 18. One year we took 20. The next year was 13 because a lot of them stayed. So you're kind of always looking and seeing how many are sticking around. But, um, But yeah, it's about getting the right number and the right kids. And then another thing that I've noticed in the last few years is that you got to be a little bit careful with how much time these kids have too. So sometimes you'll get these triple A playing, these kids playing triple A right. that want a referee and they're like, Oh yeah, I want a referee, make a few bucks or whatever. Yeah. In a lot of cases, like we've taken that kid cause they've done pretty well in the skating. Obviously they're yep. probably one of the best skaters and they do okay on the written enough to get in, but we like, they don't have enough time in a lot of cases. So a lot in, right. in my experience of doing this for, for three or four years, however many it's been is like a lot of the ones who've been the most successful looking back were like, the really good house league players Mm -hmm. or the kids who were playing like competitive B or something that had, you know, they have the time to dedicate to be able to, you know, they can work the actual assignments that they get. Right. Maybe pick up a few games on trades when people can't do them and they get actually get out there and get some experience and they build that confidence early. Okay. You know, so it's, um, that's a big part of it is getting, getting the right kids. And, uh, you know, we cast a wide net obviously because a lot of people want to do it. But uh, trying to have some tools to be able to sort through them. And again, this is a problem that a lot of places don't have, maybe. Like, Mm -hmm. we're spoiled by all the people that want a referee here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's a good problem to have. Okay. And, like, this is a great information, I'm sure, for listeners out there that run their own referee districts and that are kind of, you know, interested in finding out more about this. I mean, what what are typically the ages that you guys are letting people in? Do you guys aim for a certain age group to get people in? Is it, you know, is it vary? What, what, What do you look for? Yeah, Hockey Canada, I think, says 12 years old is the minimum. We said 13. Districts can kind of decide sort of what they want. Right. Um, I think some of the districts in, uh, in the Ottawa area are even as high as 14, but we found that 13 was pretty good. I find personally, like, I like to, to get them younger and get some experience into them mm-hmm. um, because if they are if they want to make a run at, at doing this, like, professionally like if we're, we're 90% 99% of the officials that we hire are not going to make the NHL more than that right like yeah. almost everybody but if people want to have a shot at it then you know if you start at like 15 or 16 you know you're out doing novice hockey you're just figuring it out for the first year or two yeah. you know and then all of a sudden you know you're 18 and you're just getting into some maybe some competitive hockey it's almost too late you know it's hard to really 
jump into that. Some people are exceptions, but like in general, like starting at, a, like I started at 11 back then. Right. And, you know, you, by the time you were 15, you had four years in, you know, you'd yeah. lived, lived through a few gong shows and you had, had an idea of what was going on. So like, I, obviously we don't hire them that young anymore, but, uh, you know, the, our minimum is 13 and we try to get 13, 14 year olds. Um, I found in, in my experience has been the best, not to say that we don't hire 17, 18 year old, 19 year olds that yep. have come in and done great. Yep. Um, and, that, and again, the majority of people were just trying to hope that they'll come in and have some fun and be a lifelong official, maybe if things work out. Yeah. But you want to also consider the fact that, Hey, we're also hockey Canada is still a main feeder for the NHL. So, yeah. you know, we want to, we, if, if they qualify at a young enough age, then we want to have them. Okay. No, cause I mean, that makes sense to me. And like, like you're saying, there is kind of exceptions that you can have the guys that come in. But, I mean, a lot of the guys that I referee with, certainly they kind of had to go through those challenges of even doing, you know, starting out with novice, like you're saying. But yeah, yeah. even taking a couple of years to work, you know, a junior B circuit or having yeah. that time to really totally. grind it out. Yeah. And it's That's it's right. tough because, I mean, I've seen some guys that, you know, go right from playing to refereeing pro a couple of years later. But it's tough because, I mean, it takes you a long time to get to see all these weird situations I found personally. Absolutely. You know, you could have this when you're, you know, 18 years old and refereeing reading a junior B game out in the middle of the country. Yeah. You know, you could have this random situation that you'll never see in your life, you know, but yeah. it's those little memories and those little yeah. experiences, little, you know, those lessons that, you know, I think that's where you kind of learn these little things and, you know, Absolutely. If you get into it late. Yeah. Maybe you don't. Yeah. That's it. Like you don't if, get to see those. You if know? you're in the, uh, if you're in the junior B circuit by 18, then you've got a couple of years in there and then, you know, when you're 20, maybe you're, you're experienced enough to be able to pick it up and go to the next level. But all of a sudden you're 23, 24, just getting into junior B, then it's like, it may be a little bit late for the, yeah. for the show. Yeah. So. And it's not to say that you wouldn't be a bad, you know, you wouldn't be, you know, you're maybe be, you wouldn't be a bad official or anything, but I think it's, it's interesting because like, that's the one thing I've taken away from learning from the pro guys is that, you know, maybe you can be a great referee, you can be a great skater, great feel for the game, but you might run into a situation that you'll never, you know, you'll see once in your career, yeah. but if you saw it in junior C back when you were 16, you know, you can yeah. learn from it. You know, it takes yeah. a while to really get this yeah. experience. So I think that's that's an interesting lesson yeah. to take away. But, you know, getting back to kind of how you've, you know, mentored, I mean, obviously you have tryouts and, you know, kind of the applications a big part of it. But obviously there's a lot more to that once you kind of get through that. Like when you get a new official that comes into the district, how does that look like for them? What is What are the first few steps? Are you putting them on the ice right away? I mean, what what is kind of your... Practice yep. there. That's a great question. So what we will do um, is we'll have like two or three on-ice sessions for them. Um, Hockey Canada has really gotten into like actually integrating some on-ice stuff into their clinics. Because previously, and when, when I started doing this, they would go to a one-day Hockey Canada clinic and they would write their test. And they would talk about a bunch of stuff and then they would be certified to referee. And they may be literally stepping on the ice for the first time, you know, to referee their, their first game right. um, without any help. So we tried to tried to and, and Hockey Canada has started integrating. I'm not sure if that's Hockey Eastern Ontario or mandated by Hockey Canada, but either way, around here with they do get one hour, I think, with the clinic. Um, but previous to that, we were getting them out for three separate sessions where we're just kind of really going through the basics, like how do you start the game? Like, okay, here's what we would go over the game sheet process in the dressing room before we would go out, and then we get out there and be like, oh, here's where we're going to stand for the start of the game. Right. You know, no matter what, you still end up with. In, in some of the first first weeks of the season, you'll see a new official who's dropping the puck, you know, in the end zone with their back towards the goalie. You know? So <laughs> like, we, we go through just where do we stand and practice some face-offs. And then yeah. we have a bunch of, you know, other mentor officials out there acting as hockey players. And we run some offsides and we practice just signals and all this stuff. So we go through all of that 
yeah. sort of stuff to get them get them started. And we try to have at least two or three ice times for them. Yeah. And then once they go on the ice for that first game, uh, we have we use the buddy system. So we will have someone on the ice with them who's a senior official who's just wearing like a tracksuit mm-hmm. and they don't have a whistle. And they'll go to the coach at the start of the game and say, "Hey, this is this is little Johnny here, or uh, little Suzanne, or whoever it is," and say, yeah. "Here, you know, the, he or she's working their first game today, yeah. and I'm here just to help with the positioning, and I'm not here to make any calls. Like they're going to do it all, but I'm just here to kind of help direct. And usually, the coaches are just beside themselves happy with that, right? Because they're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, that's great. You know, I yeah. don't have to. We don't have to worry about this new person just kind of." being all over the place. So they're happy right. to be able to support that. And um, you, we just kind of would follow the official around in the end zone. Cause if you go to, if you go to supervise that first game for this, for a little Johnny there, and you go in the room afterwards and say, Oh, you remember in the first period when you were standing a little bit lower than the, on the dot, like, yeah, he's not gonna remember that. No, like he's yeah, exactly. just, he, yeah. just as a fire hose pointed right at him and is just taking it for that first game. It's just trying to survive it. So if you can actually go, up to him and tap him on the shoulders or playing, hey, move over here a little bit, yeah. you know, then that makes his life a lot easier. And they'll usually remember some of that stuff. By the second period, maybe you're hanging out down in the other zone and watching yeah. watching from afar. And, you know, for the second game of the set, maybe you're in the stands or standing in the penalty box and just coming out when you need to. Yeah. So that's one thing that we do for them. And then also we will make sure that for that first half of that season, uh, first half of that first season, they're up until Christmas, they were out on the ice with an experienced partner. So we have ratings for all of the officials, like a lot of districts do. And for, you know, all of our new officials are working either novice or Adam, house league hockey. And we will make sure that their partner in that two-man system game is always rated at least as a peewee ref. Okay. So they are absolutely more than confident to be able to go out and call whatever happens on the ice, whether it's in their end or not. Right. And we'll, we'll, the buddy, the buddy, like the senior mentor, will explain in the room, like, hey, this is, you know, little Johnny's doing his first game, so don't don't hesitate that. If you're at center ice and something happens that you think is a penalty, call it. You know, yeah. like you, 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 we explained to both of them, you can call penalties anywhere on the ice. Um, but having that experienced partner usually helps quite a bit too. Yeah. But we also encourage the new official not to lean on that partner too much. Like, if you see something you think is a penalty, call it. Yep. And uh, I had a process where with the kids, I would say, hey, when you finally call your first penalty, <laughs> I want to get a text message after the game or an email or call me. Right. You know, because a lot of them are, that's the thing they're most scared of is calling that first penalty. And it sounds kind of dumb, but when you think about it, you know, they're probably playing like, if they're 13, 14, they're probably playing Bantam hockey. And guaranteed, they've seen some referee get lit up by a coach or a parent or something over their, you know, almost 10-year hockey career at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's what sticks in their head, probably. They're like, oh my God, if I call a penalty, everybody's going to get all upset, right. you know? But realistically, when you call a penalty, 99.9% of the time, the kid goes and sits in the box, you drop the puck, and nothing, nobody says anything, right? So yep. they need to kind of experience that. And uh, I want to know that they've called their first penalty. So I challenge them to say, hey, if you're out there for, uh, you know, on a Saturday and there's three novice games, like there's probably a penalty there somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? So I want to hear, I want to get a call when you call your first penalty. Yeah. And, and what uh, type of reactions you get from from those guys that are texting you or calling you? Yeah, they usually just they seem kind of proud. They call their penalty, and they, and I ask, hey, what was the reaction? And you know, they'll always say, oh, nothing, nothing happened, yep. everything was fine, right? And then yeah. they get kind of get the monkey off their back, so to speak. We tell them like, you may be you may be a referee, but you don't earn your stripes till you make your first call. <laughs> That's right. Huh? So you know that first uh, hair on your chest or something. Yeah, and yeah. I, and, I, and I explain to them too that a lot of the parents that are in the stands and the parents that are coaching the team, like. 
they're just as nervous about their little kid out there because they're playing novice hockey and it might be their first game. Right. And they, they would much rather see that young official call something that was maybe borderline than let something go that was blatant. You know, right. so like, just call it. And I mean, a lot of the people in the rink are thrilled to have you call a penalty. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that extends even to the higher levels. Like, you know, sometimes people are saying, oh, geez, you know, you let, let a bunch of stuff go. That's what people want. Well, normally they just, even at the highest level, they want consistency. Yep. And they, they, they want to know that the, the, the rule book is generally going to be enforced. So even even supervising the older guys, we try to say, hey, you know, don't, don't let the game call you. Right. You know, Take don't let the game get to the the point of being almost out of control and call something because you have to, you mm-hmm. know, call the penalties at the start of the game and yeah. they, as they are. And then, you know what? The p- hockey players are smart. Every hockey game is like training a new puppy. Like yep, they're going to say, how far can I push this guy? Yeah. And what's he actually going to call? And if you just call it right in the first period off the start, they know. And then usually for the whole second half of the game, you get almost nothing, yep. you know, and you get a hockey game. Yep. So that we try to, we try to instill that in the kids early. And, uh, and even with our senior officials. That's a really good practical lesson because, I mean, I think when I kind of was always watching referees like on, on TV, on the NHL, you never used to see that many penalties. Yeah. And so when I started referee, I thought, oh, okay, well, that's how I got to call it. And you always hear the old saying, you know, uh, let them play. And that's yeah. kind of the way that I approached it. But then yeah. you realize there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, letting them play. Like, like you're saying, like enforcing that standard early and, you know, cracking down so that the second and third period – yeah. And can you know be relatively you know penalty free? Absolutely. And the yeah. coaches like that, and, you know, because if there's a penalty, yeah. you know, a power play goal, something early, you know, yeah. at least you have the rest of the game to to even it up or to you know yeah. play. The, the team can catch up, whatever. Yeah, it's absolutely. Those, I think it's those last you know second third period where those critical calls that you haven't seen all game they pop up. Yeah, that can yeah. really bother teams and coaches. Yeah. And yeah. Even as a linesman, it's the same thing with you know enforcing faceoffs. It's, Absolutely, you crack down hard early, so by the second and third, you can kind of loosen up maybe a little bit. One hundred percent. Yeah, they learn. The, the, yeah. the, the players yeah. on the ice, whether they're kids or whether they're playing the American Hockey League, are going to know what this guy's faceoff standard is tonight and how far they can push it. And if you can, if you can be on them early and just be solid, they're going to learn. Yeah, no. Your life will be a lot easier all the time. So I think that's. I mean, I, I, to me, that that means that's that's a very good lesson, I guess, to teach these young kids and. I've always I, I was reading a good article with uh, with Ron McLean who I know you watch. We were watching an interview with him recently, um, but basically, you know, he was talking about how a game is like holding a bird in your hand. You hold it, you know. Yeah, that's right. What's, what's the saying? You hold it too tightly, the bird dies. And you yeah. Let it go. Yeah. You open yeah. your hand too too loose, it lets it go. So same sort of philosophy for, for I guess, refereeing hockey, where you know you crack down too hard, you can kill a game. But like you're saying, yeah. you let it go, Agreed. and then. You know, yeah. stuff can hit the proverbial fan, yeah, right? Hundred so. percent. Yeah, that's a really good, a really good, uh, good comment by McLean. That's I like the bird analogy. So, like, yeah. it's interesting because, like, obviously you can tell it to a kid, but there's always kind of that, like you're saying, that in the back of their head, they're waiting for that coach to freak out, and yeah. that's kind of that big hurdle, I guess, that kids kind of have to struggle to get over. I mean, yeah. what sort of lessons do you teach them in in respect to that? I mean. I know you have some yeah. really popular seminars that you put on oh, yeah, for yeah, the districts. Yeah. Like, what, what, how do you talk to kids about? We've about done. That? Uh, we've uh, we have we have to find a better name for it. Probably, that for <laughs> lack of a better term, we have a segment called "Dealing with Douchebags" that we use in uh, usually in one of those three on ice sessions. Well, we've got the kids on the ice, myself, and uh, you know a few of the other senior officials will act as coaches 
and we'll kind of freak out and slam some doors or whatever. We'll make them throw us out of the game or make them give us a minor penalty, a bench minor, and then, you know, keep going to the point where we're going to get tossed out and make them kind of go through the process. And we have fun with it and joke, and a lot of the kids get a big kick out of it. Yeah. Um, but it does prepare them, I think, a little bit. Uh, we really just kind of go through the ladder system of like, okay, you got your one warning. And it's tough. It's tough for a 13-, 14-year-old kid to yep. look at a 45-year-old coach and say, hey, coach, that's enough. Like, if you do it again, you're going to get a bench minor and skate away. Like, it's easy for them to – it's way, way easier for that kid to just take it, yeah. you know, for them to turn and actually tell that coach. So we try to we try to go through that process with them and have them do it a couple times, even though it's kind of in a fun way, um, in, in hopes that they'll be a little bit more prepared. Yeah. It's hard to really prepare them for that. Yeah. Um, but we hope that that process uh, – does does help them a little bit. I mean, you always hope it's something you don't see that often, but the reality is, is you do face it. And yeah. as you know, to me, when I started out, and I still kind of run that, where you have that in the back of your head, like, oh, how is the bench going to react to this or whatever? But I think that's you're saying it's really getting that monkey off your back yeah. and getting over that hurdle that really lets you referee a game properly, absolutely, without having that fear in the back of your head. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's not something that 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 we see a lot, right. and I find we see it a lot less these days than from when I was a kid, um, you know, 20, 25, 26 years ago, starting out refereeing. Um, but still it happens. You're going to get people that are, that get excited and you know, they, they don't know where the line is. And, uh, you know, we really just, like I say, the whole goal is to have these kids do it for a long time and get, and get a real good enjoyment out of it. So if we can give them a little bit of tools to be able to help them out and just do a little bit of case studies and make them kind of go through what they might see. And, uh, yeah, we hope that helps them out. So, like, like we've been talking about, you have a really great mentorship plan, really one that's well-known in the Ottawa area for really producing great officials and, you know, really helping them out along the way. So, we've talked about you have tryouts, you have, uh, you know, application processes, you have, you know, seminars, you have on-ice sessions. Now, obviously, I think, uh, you know, something that a lot of referee districts will be familiar with is kind of a supervision, uh, you know, how to, how to supervise young officials. And I'm curious, you know, what advice would you give to other districts, you know, across the country, across North America or whatever, what kind of advice would you give to them about how to supervise young officials as an, as a mentor? Yeah, that's a really good question. We try to, um, and I never ran the supervision program here, but I've done a lot of supervising over the years. And with the kids, we try just not to give them too much. You know, we try to say, okay, like here's, here's two or three things to work on, but always have some positives too. And I mean, that's a common thing that a lot of supervisors are going to do, try and make it, make it easier for them. One of the things we started doing, which turned out to work pretty well, was uh, the concept of a video supervision. So uh, I would sit in the rink with the video camera, we'd just tape the game. And then, you know, I would try to make notes of when interesting things happened, at what time of the game it was. So, so we would have a quick supervision in the room afterwards and say, you know, hey, you did these things great. And here's a couple things you look at. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go home and download this video. And uh, what we, we would upload it. We would, we would, you know, I would edit it and then upload it to YouTube as like a private link. So it's not public, but it's you now so you can email the link to the kid mm-hmm. and they can share it with their parents or their buddies or whatever. But we would have a series of clips and it usually end up being a 10 or 15 minute video. Okay. And it'd be a bunch of kind of like 30 second, one minute clips. And it would show, then there would be a little text bubble that would pop up and say, here's kind of, here's what you're doing really well here. Like, I really like where you're standing. You got a great view. You're right at using your piston system well or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and they can see it. They can see themselves doing that thing right. And yeah. then the same thing, like when they're 
if they're if they're too far in on the blue line or whatever it is that, that they're not doing right, they can see it. And then the right. comment will come up and say, hey, like, just bump a couple feet this way. Or, you know, you want to be, say we're trying to explain to them, you want to be about one line behind the play. Yeah. Like here, here, plain as day, you're, you're three lines behind the play. There aren't even really three lines. Like you're way behind. So so it, it yeah, that was something that was got a lot of positive feedback where the kids would sit and watch it. They'd hit pause, read the little thing. Okay, I see what I'm doing. And we would see... Big, big difference. Big, big differences in the kids after they would have one of these supervisions. They're really time intensive, so it was hard to do a lot of them. But we tried to get every new kid into one in their first year. Yeah. Kind of, you know, not not in their first few games, but kind of between December and January. They've got a bid in, so they're getting a little bit comfortable and, you know, where they're going to start to be able to take some from it. So that, was a, that worked out really well. And then the last thing we did from a supervision perspective is uh, we implemented a system where, we would go all supervise a game together. So we would get all the first and usually second year kids and have them come sit in the stands and we would pick like a Pee Wee competitive game or something or a Pee Wee double A game and have, have like three young officials or maybe a year older than them who had done really well. So they would go out and work the game. Mm-hmm. And we, as a group, we would break up into groups. We'd have like, you know, maybe there's 25 kids there. We'd have eight or 10 mentors. So there'd be two or three kids in each group with a mentor and they would all watch the game together. Right. And just the mentors would pick out things and say like, here, see what he did there. Like, that's where we want to be. Or like, so we, maybe, maybe his penalty procedure could have been a little bit different. How yeah. would you have done that? We try to get the kids to supervise at the end of each period. We get together and say, Hey, what did you see that you thought they could have done better? Or what did they do well or whatever? So okay. it's interesting because a lot of these kids have been in, have been in the ranks their whole lives. Maybe you know, playing or in the stands watching their their older brother or sister or younger brother or sister play or whatever, but they often haven't sat there and watched the referees. Right. So it's a chance <laughs> except to, to boo them. Or except to boo them, right? Yeah. When it's usually the play's dead and you're booing, them, right? <laughs> so so it's like let's watch what they're doing yeah. and make sure we control who's on the ice so we get really good examples out there and have the mentors there to kind of you know kind of pound home what the what the message is. So that was something right. that really helped out as well. Um, all this takes a little bit of logistics, obviously, but uh, we found they paid off a lot. And then, uh, you know, there's the quiz system. There's a quiz system that HEO runs mm-hmm. to make sure the kids every month they're going through and doing their quizzes and staying up on their rules. Yeah. And um, and the other thing we keep track of is something that, that I call the effort score. So it's like, did you show up at all the ice times at the start of the year? Yeah. Did you get all your quizzes done? And did you get, say, 80% or more? You get an extra point for that on average. Did you come out to the time where we all sat in the stands? And did, you know, have you been showing up to all your games on time and all that stuff? So, and have your supervision's been good? So we kind of keep track of all that in a giant, crazy spreadsheet. And then at the end of the year, when it comes time to, say, playoff time or who's going to move up towards the end of the season or who we're going to pick for the rookie of the year or whatever, we usually look at that and say, okay, who was really who's really laid it out because sometimes you might, again, the best skater might shine as the best official, but really, you know, it's kind of all of those things. How much effort did they put into it? Right. So we kind of do that too. But yeah, from the, uh, that's kind of the supervision and sort of advancement and tracking part of it. Okay. And I'm just curious, like, you know, wrapping up here, but you know, for these, you know, districts and, you know, that are looking to kind of promote these officials and help them grow. And obviously, you know, as a rule, you know, as a mentor, you've probably seen a lot of young officials progress. I mean, what are these things like? Is there some certain things that you've noticed that every official that's really done well? Is there one, you know, skill set they've had? Or is there one area of focus you've noticed they've been very strong at? Is there certain factors that, you, that you've that you noticed as time gone, has gone on that have stuck out to you as being important factors that you might not traditionally yeah, think of? I think the thing that jumps out at me most is kind of a willingness to learn and having an open 
you know, an open attitude towards feedback. So sometimes you go in the room to give a supervision and, uh, you know, the kids are just taking their skates off and barely paying attention, checking their phone or whatever, you know, like I find the kids that, uh, that, that often have taken off and done really well are the ones that, that really pay attention and they ask questions and they ask for feedback. Like they want, they want feedback and they mm-hmm. don't want you to just come in and say, Oh, you did a great game. They're like, no, what, what would have made me better in yeah. that game? So I think that's a desire portion on the, you know, on the part of the, the, the young official, but, uh, in general, I think that's it. Like anybody that's, you know, they're, they're probably going to be able to skate and they're probably going to generally know what a penalty is. But but I find the ones who kind of really ask for feedback and listen, you know, and, yeah. and try to actually implement that. Like a lot of the kids that have done well, it's like every time I see them, they're just way better. And they fixed, you know, the three things that I told them last time, mm-hmm. you know, and then we're into, and, and a lot of times get into supervisions with these kids and, you know, I'll say, hey, like we're into some pretty advanced stuff yeah. for like we're in a peewee house game here, but I'm talking about, I'm not talking about your signals anymore. I'm not talking about your face offs anymore. I'm talking about like teamwork and how you're going to work with your other lines, but who's going to cover that line and can you bump off when you get in trouble and make sure the other guy's got your back and are you yelling at each other and when the guys come out of the box and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so a lot of the times we can get into those more advanced things and they can practice them at that lower levels and then they're ready. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's just the attitude. And it's cool. As a, and this is kind of switching gears a little bit. But I know, I remember, I'm just thinking of this now, but a couple of years ago, I remember sitting in a room and I think you were supervising me. And I remember you making this distinction between the science, I think it's the science of refereeing and the art of refereeing. I, I believe this is something that you were, oh, you were wow. telling me about how, like you were saying that there's the kind of the idea of teaching face-offs and kind of the hard stuff. Yeah. But then you can talk about the art of refereeing. And I, I think you're, you were kind of talking about, you know, your feel for the game and things like that. And I'm just wondering, like, from a mentorship perspective, you know, is there, is there a time when you feel like a referee has kind of progressed to that level where you can teach them that? You know, as I'm assuming, you know, maybe a lot of your young guys are sticking with the basics. And then you to switch to kind of the, the more nuanced stuff. Is there kind of that... Yeah. That you know the way that you've progressed with that, it you know it's sort of an odd question, but I'm... no, it's a good one. I honestly don't remember that conversation either. Either too many years has passed and my brain cells have died, <laughs> or um, or maybe it was somebody else. It was probably me, but um, yeah, I mean, I encourage the guys to have a little bit of pizzazz out there. You know, like yeah. I, I mean, to a certain level, obviously, I like I I try to model everything that I do on the ice after Mick Magoo, the great, <laughs> Mick Magoo. the great officiating hero. Like I wear 19 in my pickup league in honor of Mick Magoo. Uh, I probably quadruple pump every goal that happens. But, so I'm not really the best person to watch. Yeah. But, um, but I encourage the guys to, to try to have some fun out there with yeah. their team. And, you know, once you kind of get those basics down, then you can kind of have your, have your personality out there. You don't have to be necessarily Wes McCauley out there, like uh, getting into all the different things, but, but, yeah, no, it's, I, I think when they know when they're ready to kind of start to develop their personality out there. And, yeah. I, and I think that comes with the confidence of just being comfortable when you get to the point where you, you've kind of got the basics, you've been through some, some, some gong shows or whatever. And yeah. Like, okay. Like I'm, I'm starting to get this, yeah. and, you know, it's kind of like golf where as soon as you think you've got the game figured out, it'll come back and bite you. I find refing's a little bit like that too. So too much confidence is not the greatest thing either. And that's that's one element that I've I always notice. There's a big difference between being a player and being uh, you know a referee because as a player, I mean you're you know it's important to keep your emotions in check, I suppose. But your personality really isn't a big factor. It's how you play the game. But if I found as a referee, you could have the greatest you know feel for the game, the greatest skating, but a lot of it comes down to personality and how you yeah. deal with people. 
Oh, and that's yeah. always an element that I was always interested. So you talk yeah. about personality and stuff. Yeah. Like, how does that yeah. play into? You're right. I think it's that's a huge thing. I I find especially at the higher levels, and even somewhat at the lower levels. Like in like you get into band and midget hockey. One of the things I try to teach the kids is like get along with the goalies. You know, like <laughs> if you can have the goalies on your side, like take a minute talk to the goalie. Oh, geez, great save! Look at that. how'd you get across to stop that one or whatever. Like. If you can have the goalies on your side, yeah. like the first time they get bumped, they won't usually lose their mind. You know, like they're and, and I find in hockey in generally when the goalies get pissed, everybody's crazy. Like everybody <laughs> goes nuts, right? right. The goalie's mad. So that's one thing I try to do. And, and just talking to the kids during play, like, hey, good hit, uh, you know, keep that stick down, whatever, great, great pass, whatever. Like just just talk to them. And, and they start to feel like there's a human on the other end of that whistle. And, uh, you know, I find that that's, that's done a lot of good for, for me over the years and trying to teach the kids like, Hey, just, I think you get a lot of respect that way. And, mm-hmm. and one thing I do is normally introduce myself to the colleague, go shake hands with the coaches. Yeah. And I just, even in house league, I'm like, Hey, yeah, my name's Craig guys. Like, let me know if you need anything. And often they're just really surprised at that, but it kind of breaks the ice and people are like, Oh, I haven't heard that before, you know? So, yeah. so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just something, you know, and again, people decide how they want to approach that, but I find the more you know, just honest. You can be with people out there. Usually the mm-hmm. better your experience is going to be. And when, when stuff hits the fan, you've got a little bit, you know, more respect in your pocket that you can kind of work with people and they might not go off the handle so quick. Yeah. And I guess that's just one of really many skills that you've been able to bring to kind of mentoring referees and sort of to your program um, and, and really helping young officials grow. And as I was saying, you know, Craig has been a really, a, a really great mentor to me and helping me progress. And I think gain a lot of confidence too, because I think you're saying you know you got to bring an ounce of positivity, or you know you got to yeah, yeah, yeah. have that positive yeah. element as a mentor yeah. or supervisor. You know that kind of gives you that extra energy, and I think that was really important as 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 an official for me. Kind of going through the ranks was that you know you see somebody like you who was always so positive at the rank and who you know brought a great attitude every day, and that really I think encourages you. So I think uh, a person, I you know thank you for all your help, and I think obviously I think your mentors really appreciate all the help you've given. I'm just curious, kind of on an ending note, is there is there something that you would like to kind of give a shout out to as a final, maybe a lesson to, to those listening out there that really want to produce and you know, help you know mentor young referees? That's a tough one. I mean, this, like I say, this we we've had a lot of success. We've had you know really low turnover in in the years since we've had this program in place. I'm not even doing it anymore. Like it's handed over to another guy because I had a kid and I don't have time to be in the ring <laughs> quite as much as I used to, but. Um, we worked with a really good team to build the program and they're doing a great job of keeping it going. But uh, our retention is really good. Um, I've been doing this for a lot, like refing for a lot of years and doing the mentor stuff for a lot of years. It just means I've done it a lot. It doesn't mean I'm any good. You know, it's <laughs> like you can referee your face off for a hundred years and still be terrible. But we've like, we've had, a, we've had a lot of success and I think people can take, you know, you can take any part of this and integrate it into their own ideas and build, build a program that would be great. You know, so it, uh, you know, anything, anything, I think if just people that are out there that are trying to develop young official, officials, just try to, you know, just try to do everything they can to give them the tools, you know, to get, uh, to get as much experience in as they can and just be a support system for them where they know that they can ask questions. Like, mm-hmm. I think I forgot to mention the actual mentor pro where each kid gets assigned a mentor mm-hmm. and they're just, you know, that mentor will check in with them a few times through the season. Let's just fire them a quick email like how's your season going you have any questions or whatever and the kids know to, hey like if something weird happens on the ice yeah, you have that you know, personal sure, connection hey, you're you somebody that, i know that, yeah, that like, guy you can approach i'll call fred or whatever and ask him about this situation so yeah 
they know that they have somebody and uh, and that's really a big part and it's you know if, if you're thinking about getting in as a senior official who's maybe not working as much competitive stuff anymore and if you have some extra time it's a super rewarding you know way to still be part of the game like i do yeah. you know i referee a couple nights a week but over these years i was spending more time you know working on the mentorship side and it was super rewarding to work with these kids and see them have fun and and, and to work with guys like you that get a chance to go and work in in pro you know like it's just phenomenal to get to work with some phenomenal awesome people make a bunch of new friends and you know the, these you know sometimes people go right to the right to the show so it's it's great yeah. and uh yeah i think people can take maybe some of this and integrate it with what they're doing and uh you know, like you say, if you just kind of give them the tools, then they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah, and I think even the pro stuff aside, it's amazing how I think the referee community is really, it's a family almost. I, I mean, is, you could be yeah. refer, refereeing, you know, novice on yeah. a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. You could be doing, you know, NHL Game 7. And when it comes yeah. down to it, at the end of the day, you know, you guys are in the same brotherhood. So I think that's, Absolutely, man. that's something I've taken away from you. Yeah. And It is a brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, getting a chance to hang out with you tonight and do the podcast and uh, super proud of all the work that you did in our district and uh, giving back and like uh, you've done a lot of supervisions and helping out with our kids and being out on the ice and even now as a guy that's working some games in the A it's really cool to be having you come back and uh, and work with our guys so thank you so much for that no thanks for, for all your help you've given me and uh, yeah so I guess that's that's us signing off, and I guess uh, thank you, Craig, for all your time that you've given, and uh, I guess best of luck down the road, and keep up the great work in uh, your mentorship. All right on, man. Cheers. Cheers.